This is a personal and private recording by a member of the U.S. Air Force. Codename, Project Blue Book. Case file, 11004. Designated, Stonefall. January 4th. It's been one week since the kids disappeared. Today, I took another walk around the settlement, which I've decided feels more apt a name than a town or a village. I'm still trying to get a feel for it and the people who live here. Still trying to understand it. I saw a few people walking about, including Johnny and Martha's parents, but we didn't exchange words. I also spent some time in the bar. Although my room is above it, so far the only times I've seen it are when I've cut through. It's always fairly busy. The landlord is friendly, and after a brief conversation with him, I quickly remembered the statement he'd given. He'd seen the searchlight. He was also utterly convinced that the kids' disappearance is the result of extraterrestrial intervention. It's stupid, he explained to me, how people think they don't exist. My uniform forbade me from agreeing with him out loud. I explained that even if extraterrestrial life did exist, life could mean anything from bacteria to animals to people like us. And even if they were like us, they'd have to be far advanced in order to build ships capable of traveling to our planet. He said that maybe to them, it isn't advanced. One of the others at the bar, an old woman who I understand is a regular, overheard our conversation. Why do they have to bother us? She asked. What do they want here? I'd not really been aware that there was such a palpable sense of paranoia in the town. I knew it had been shaken by the disappearance, but those people who had claimed they saw lights in the sky that night weren't under any illusions about what that could mean. Although none of their statements had explicitly stated the connection between lights and extraterrestrial life. Maybe they were worried they wouldn't be taken seriously. The people in this town are smart, and I think they're very aware of it. It's easy to come to a rural town with your own preconceptions, and I think they know full well that people have them. I'm beginning to think they're playing that up. For my benefit? Maybe. Until today, I was the only outsider here. I visited the sheriff's station after lunch and it turned out he was just about to come and find me. Someone else was arriving, another member of the U.S. Air Force. I explained that I'd not been given any prior notice, but the sheriff simply smiled and said that they were on their way. I had never seen the man before, which wasn't unusual, but his rank implied he was superior and his tone that I should have known who he was. He introduced himself as Elliot Hall. We gathered around a table in the sheriff's station, and he told us firmly, and with pictures, that the lights in the sky were a result of the test of a new aircraft. The pictures were unclear. All of them were photos taken from a plane that had been flying close to the test craft. It was night, and Hall claimed they were from the 28th. Hall apologized that he wasn't able to provide any pictures of the craft from during the day, but the specifications were still classified and he didn't have clearance to show them to anyone. 
including me. The pictures did show a large light coming from the front of the plane, and lots of tertiary lights, smaller, dotted along the wings. Hall apologized on behalf of the U.S. Air Force and said the larger light had been used accidentally. I asked why the craft had been flying so low, and he said it hadn't. It had merely appeared that way. I asked if there were two prominent lights either side of this larger one that would have appeared more visible than the other lights along the wings. He said no. I asked if I would be going home, and he said he imagined so. And wished the sheriff the best of luck in the investigation, but he was sorry that he couldn't help more. I wasn't sure what Hall was doing, or what he had been briefed to do. Had he read the statements of the people who lived here? His story only fitted with a certain number of them, and no one had mentioned a multitude of smaller lights on the craft. Confirming only some of their statements seemed a good way of devaluing the claims of the majority. Oh, and of course, maybe it was true. I had to assume it was, and that I would receive a phone call imminently telling me to leave the investigation. It was odd that I hadn't heard directly in the first place. I was the one investigating. Surely it was only me he had to tell. I could have left quietly, and people would barely remember I was ever here. But I couldn't shake the feeling that Hall had wanted to silence Stonefall. To tell the sheriff, and not the current United States Air Force officer in the town, seemed like they were more interested in quieting down the locals. He hadn't really acted like he'd known I was even there. I wasn't of interest. Were people here talking to the press? Were their theories getting a bit loud and outlandish? <sighs> the whole thing worried me. When I did get a call, it wasn't the one I expected. I was told to stay. My boss said he was aware of Hall's visit, but that he would like me to hang around a bit longer. He recommended I prioritize my trip to New Haven to look at the evidence collected from the woods. He also said that the lights were officially from an aircraft that was being tested. I asked why he needed me to stay, and he just said that it might be useful. Is that why he chose me to come here? Because he knew I was less skeptical than other members of Blue Book, and he also thought there was some validity in the claims of the people that lived here? After I'd spoken to him, I decided to take a walk in the woods. It was nighttime, and I wanted a clearer sense of the environment that Johnny and Martha had last been seen in. I worked my way through a few theories that Louise Finch had never seen the kids, despite her certainty and the fact I'd believed her, that they'd run away, that they'd gone down to the river to swim and been swept away, that they'd been taken to the river by someone else who stayed out of sight when Louise went past. I reached the place they'd last been seen, and I sat down, looking out of the river. There was a slither of moon in the sky, and it bounced ever so slightly off the water. That wasn't enough to make anybody's eyes look like they were glowing. So what had Louise Finch actually seen? Were the children under some kind of influence? What would make them look like that? 
And then I heard someone call my name. I turned quickly to look. I couldn't see anyone, it was too dark. I took out my flashlight and shone it between the trees. No one. I stood up and turned around, looking in every direction, but still not seeing anybody. And they called it again. I could hear the voice, clearer this time. Were they closer? It didn't sound like the sheriff, or like anyone I'd met while I'd been here. It sounded... childlike. Stonefall was created and written by James Mortimer, read by Rebecca Maluish. Music by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons. Follow Stonefall Drama on Twitter for updates.